Hi, Gregory. Hi, Thomas. How are you? You were asking people, what is your opinion of the actor Nicholas Cage? C-A-G-E-F-I-G-A. Don't be looking at her too hard now. This is a very different and weird question. Oh my God. I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. This is Cage Fight. And I think that's kind of badass. Welcome to Cage Fight. I'm gonna drink me a beer. Hello, everybody. It's Cage Fight O'Clock. My name is Gregory Aikerman. I am here with everyone's favorite cage fighter, Thomas Beeman, the second best person on this podcast. I would argue the first best person, or there's no need for that first, the best person. That's, I would argue, you, you, every time we talk about films, your information, thoughts, feelings, and emotions seem to be slightly more in-depth than my own. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad thing. I like the I like the business. You get you get the business in it. Well, the, the, this is it. This is it. It's like, what, what can I get? Business. Do, um, that song by <laughs> Sean Paul that I forget. So, talking of business, what's going on in the world of Nicolas Cage at the moment? By the way, anyone listening, we are recording this. In on November the eighth, twenty twenty-two. So, if any of this Nicolas Cage-based news seems irrelevant or old hat, bear in mind it was a couple of months ago. So, Nicolas Cage uh, no longer can uh, employ his favorite kind of therapy, which is karaoke. He can't. He cannot. It's no longer helping him because he watched a video of himself singing a song. Oh. Uh, and it upset him to such a level that it stops helping. Much to uh, the dis- sure, yeah. Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man himself, did mm. say that this is a terrible shame and that Nicolas Cage should push through with this. So we're uh, yeah, we're wishing the best on uh, Mr. yeah. Cage. I hope he I hope he pushed through. I, I mean, I get it. Like if I if I saw a video of myself singing, like I it would the therapeutic value of karaoke would probably cease for me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I really hope, like, I hate to hear, like, a cushion or a pillow for someone to no longer be comfortable for them anymore. So I hope he can work his way through it. And particularly a man with the caliber of voice that he has. Because he sings in lots of his films a bit later on. We'll find that he sings Mm. in at least one of these films that we'll be discussing today. um, Oh my. Yeah, so what's up? Uh, What's what's going on with you? What's any news? Any business? Any... uh, So, business. Yeah. Let's talk about business because we've got a lot of internet business in terms of uh, we we've polled some individuals right yeah about nicholas cage because it's important to hear from the people we want to speak to the people you're right we want to you normal people listening now you're important we're well, not important to us but your voice is to be heard we agree with democracy but Sometimes there are Sometimes. problems with democracy. <laughs> <laughs> what happens, Tom? <laughs> well, uh, the, well, well, we'll just let you hear for it for yourself. Yeah, here's here's a bit. Good afternoon, Gregory. How you doing today? This right here beside me is the beautiful Emily. Don't be looking at her too hard now. And I am Shawnee. From TikTok. I'm gonna drink me a beer. This is a very different and weird 
question. Um, my thoughts and opinions on actor Nicolas Cage. That's kind of weird. Now, if you would have asked me about Taylor Swift, I could have sat there and told you I love her more than life itself. So there you go. That that clearly happened. That You guys uh, can clearly understand yeah. where we're coming from when we say sometimes not every voice needs to be heard. Exactly. So when everyone's talking about freedom of speech, I want you to remember that is what happens if you've got unregulated freedom of speech. I, I'm, I, please, Taylor Swift, Tay-Tay, if you're listening, don't worry. You will be okay. Yeah, I, it's it's at this look, like, you know, Taylor mm. Swift probably has a bunch of money and all that stuff. She's fame and fortune, but I sympathize with her specifically from this direction like it's it's got to be rough having like this kind of people in mass yeah have this sort of like obsession (laughs) yeah it's it's it must be horrible uh for her to be to be fair i'm i'm so uncomfortable i'm not sure dear listener whether you are listening to myself and thomas talk about this thing or whether you have heard it and you're listening to it, you may. There's a chance that we don't put the clip on because it's too yeah. uncomfortable. There's a very strong chance because what happens is a man so I want to say delusioned or well, sh- shuddered away. There's an issue. Let's put it that way. I don't know. Like, is it a character? Uh, like, no. I, oh, oh, okay. No. This is, this is a real man, but uh, oh, with man. a fake woman. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being a real man, and there's nothing wrong with being a fake woman. And there's nothing wrong with a real man having a fake woman. By fake woman, I am, of course, we're not doing anything or any horrible hot takes. By fake woman, we mean a mannequin. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I mean, do that if you want, but... You have to put in a lot of work to not be creepy as all hell if you are doing that. A lot of work. I would love to... A challenge to any listeners. If you can have a TikTok account where you are there with a mannequin or a real doll or anything like that and speak to her, speak about her, and speak about your life together, if you can do that whilst being engaging and not creepy then hats off to you. You win the yeah. internet. That It must be possible. Now, I'm not suggesting you and I do this. <laughs> no. But I'm not not suggesting that. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation about that. For sure. <laughs> but, yeah, un- unfortunately, usually we've spoken to some lovely people. We've spoken to Tay Zonde. We've spoken to Dr. Mm. Deborah Wyndham. We've yeah. spoken to some nice people, but sometimes you meet the Shawnee and Emily's of the world. And I don't even want to say, and Emily. Emily's not a person. We didn't meet her. Yeah. She's not a person. No. Sometimes you lift the rock mm-hmm. of the internet up, and there's just some stuff crawling in there that you just kind of wish you didn't really know about. It, um, to such but a- uh, hats off to him. I hope that he can find... Um, a center he can find peace within himself yeah um maybe maybe crawl his way out of whatever 
thing he's got going on there. <laughs> I, I quite like that he said the question asking him about Nicolas Cage was the weirdest thing he's ever heard. Is that how are we outweirding you? Can't be the weirdest thing. It's impossible for that guy to say that <laughs> sentence. It can't be, can it? It can't be. Yeah. But like, usually we um, keep these interactions with people one per episode to essentially give us content, if nothing else. But mm. what I'm tempted, Thomas, if you'll allow me, just to clear, cleanse anyone's palate, because we've also heard from the horror movie actor and model Lilith Fury. Well, I've never met Nicolas Cage in person. Um, my opinion on him, just based off of other stuff that I've seen, is that I really like how he doesn't seem to give a fuck what anyone thinks about him. That he will do things that he knows that other people find ridiculous. He will do things that people call him weird for. And it doesn't seem to bother him. He's his own fucking person. He's going to do his own thing. And he seems to just be enjoying life, regardless of other people's opinions of him. And I think that's kind of badass. There you go. Wasn't that a lot nicer? Oh, yeah. That was very short and sweet. Very, so, very short. Interesting tattoos. That's $7 uh, I'm not going to see again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. She's in a lot of uh, horror films as well, so I thought it was important oh, cool. to get Lilith's idea. But, yeah, so so other people have been interacting with us. No, not just because we pay them to. But, right, they've, they've been interacting. They're getting on board. I don't hear any of the other Cage podcasts having uh, celebrities. <laughs> you never, not even once. Talking of all those other podcasts, right? You know, we've reached out to a lot of them and we've started fights mm -hmm. and tried to make friends with pretty much every Cage podcast. Mm -hmm. Have you heard from any of them? Personally, no. No, nor have I. What's going on? Interesting. Pe maybe because they are... Maybe we're coming off a little strong. Maybe they're feeling a little intimidated. I'm not sure we're coming across strong enough. I think... It's the listeners Ooh. letting us down. I think the listeners should be contacting uh, all of these podcasts. We've we've found the weak link. It is <laughs> yeah. always the listeners. It's always it is never our issue. It's always the people listening to this podcast Every not second. putting in the legwork. I just think it would it kill you, listeners, to uh, just reach out to these other podcasts. Just if you want to be aggressive with it, that's we can't tell you what to do. But if you also mm. want to be really charming and sweet with it, maybe bake them a cake with our faces on it and send it them. They might have a P.O. box or you might meet them in real life. I'm sure a few of them uh, do live shows. Like, give them something. Tell them about us. I need to have at least three of these podcasts contact us just going like, who the fuck are you and why are these people constantly talking to us about you? That's what I want. Is that too much to ask? It's quite an arrogant not. ask. But... And you know what, Greg? It's mm -hmm. not too much to ask. You're putting in all this time and effort, and we're not seeing it in our, in the listener. And honestly, it's it's kind of shameful. It is shameful. It, it's it's revolting. I'm discuss. I, I I feel let down. If I'm honest, I feel let down. Yeah. Me too. I mean, but other than that, have we any more news? How's the theater show coming along? The theater show is splendid. You know, you would think that 
it's the same length of uh, <laughs> words as it was before, yeah. and you would think that's not progress, but you'd be wrong. I love to hear it. Absolutely love to hear it. And no movie magazines have replied to us, but we keep on sending them posts. I mean, they might reply with a cease and desist letter by the amount of shit I'm sending them. But yeah, there we are. So would you like to let the people know what we actually do when we're not complaining about the listenership, not bullying podcasts on our behalf? What what do we do, Thomas? Hmm. Well, we do this little thing, the small thing on this podcast it's a little it's a small fragment of the whole where we talk about two movies yeah each one starring nicholas cage and we determine out of which of those two movies we like more because our opinion is the one that matters and no one else's and we'll keep doing this regardless of what you think uh we will keep doing this uh until we find the best canonical Nicolas Cage movie. And because we get there, we will get there before anyone else. Mm-hmm. And when we do, everyone has to agree. Because none of you are messaging me, none of you are following me on Twitter, no one's talking about it, no one's, no one's <laughs> saying anything. So if you don't stop us... We will do it. You got. You got to do something. I it's dare on your heads. You. I dare you to contact us. <laughs> you know, I frankly, you're cowards. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. But what? What two films are we looking at today? I watched. Um, I watched Stolen. Right. And well, what movie did you see again? I watched Wild at Heart. Oh yeah, that's right. What? What is like? When was that shot? What era is this? 1990. Oh, really? Okay, so, like, this is kind of a juicy era for Nick. Oh, definitely, definitely. When when was was yours a 90s one as well? (laughs) No, unfortunately. It was shot in the 2012s, which is not a great time for Nicolas Cage. Yes, it's it's not ideal. Do you want to, um... Should we we kick off the I would love to, because... I, I I will tell you why. This... The only thing this movie stole was an hour and a half of my life. <laughs> because uh, it's very okay. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. It's a kind of a heist movie. It starts off with Nicolas Cage and his band of heisters, hucksters, if you will. Mm. And they're closely being followed by the FBI while they're trying to pull off a, a, a good old heisty. Okay. One of those heisteroos. Classic heisteroos. Classic heistery, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he goes about it in a way that is not, like, very entertaining or clever. Uh, but they get <laughs> they get money. They, they start running away from the FBI. And, like, in the middle of it, uh, <clears throat> they run into some random civilian. And mm. one of his team members is like, I'm going to shoot him. And he's like, we don't do that. We don't commit the murder. Instead, I will grab you. You will incidentally shoot your own leg. Right. I'll throw you into our getaway van and leave the money like a f- almost half a football field length away. <laughs> uh, and I'll run back and get it. And as he does, uh, the rest of his team take off, leave him there to get chased by the FBA. Mm-hmm. And... Um, that's the French pronunciation, and uh, very continental. He, Love it. Yeah, he uh, he tosses the money 
uh, gets caught and goes to eight years in prison. And uh, then he gets out of prison. He's like, I got to see my daughter because he has one. You know, he's always got some fucking daughter in some of these movies. Idiot. Yeah, really dumb. Don't have children. Um, that's the moral of the story. Of the, <laughs> it's the moral of every Cage film. Don't have a child. Yeah, You'll only go to jail and disappoint them. So yeah, that's exactly what happens. She's very disappointed, but lo and behold, the guy whose leg he shot he shot his own leg. He's like, um, a taxi driver. Nice. That took your I stole your daughter <laughs> and you're gonna give me that money all that 10 that 10 million dollars that you stashed away he's like I don't got it dude I burnt it so I wouldn't serve 18 years in prison <laughs> so I would just serve 10 or just serve eight like I don't have the money man like so most of it is like him kind of lying about having the money and trying to track the got track him down get his daughter back mm. and then like the later half of it is him actually doing performing another heist in the same bank as before because that bank had like gold bars in it right. how he goes about this I, which i think is worth bringing up is that he goes underneath into the sewers and like does explodey stuff up to the floor okay. of the where there's where they have the gold which like I don't know. Whatever. It'll say it's possible. But in order to get the gold out, he melts it. Right. So it drips into the sewer and then hits the water and begins to solidify. Oh, well, that sounds really cool, actually. Um, no? Yeah. That was interesting. <laughs> that was. I guess that was cool. He melts gold. He, mel- he melts the gold. He's like, all right, I got gold. Where's my daughter? Hmm. And then the thing that happens always happens where a fight ensues. The daughter almost gets drowned. Yeah. Whatever. He saves the daughter. Uh, the FBI are like, he's cool, though, so we forgive him. And Is that what the FBI are like? If you're cool enough, do they just go like, yeah, whatever, mate. You mm. you live and let live, all that stuff. Yeah, you know, the, the FBI character who was chasing him down his whole life to mm. the point where he got divorced, like his wife left him. Mm. he's like, I respect him. <laughs> and the other FBI's are like, you really like this guy, don't you? He's like, admiration and respect. Admiration and love is like not the same thing. I just admire him, you know? And it's like, fucking fuck off. Yeah, that's, that's just silly. That wouldn't... Yes. I, I mean, every, so many films, like Catch Me If You Can immediately springs to mind on that. There are so mm. many films where the FBI do poorly at trying to catch someone and end up going, he's a good guy. I think you know I'll what? work with him. Does that happen? Turns out he's he only does illegal things for like because he's good at heart. That never happens. No one gives a fuck why you stole a car. Which, by the way, he commits several crimes other than just like <laughs> other than just like stealing gold bars. Mm. He commits so many crimes. The FBI is like, whatever. You're good. You're a good guy. I don't like my films being realistic uh, like they're works of fiction they should be escapist and fantasist and all of that stuff mm. but i don't know like there seems to be a consistent story that the fbi don't care if you're a criminal so long as you're charismatic enough and yes i it happens i mean look historically is that it's true? true really like because yeah. i don't really know like much cops your... and and investigators have over the span 
of their operating have like almost caught huge perpetrators of crimes, mm. uh, except they were just like super cool and nice and spoke very well and charismatically and the and was just let go. Ah, fair enough. In which case, I think there should be more films like this that focus on uh, all the ways that the FBI do a lovely job of keeping friendly people on the streets. Yeah, everyone would love that, I think. I think. uh, Okay, so so that's the basic plot of the film. He, like, steals money, gets rid of money, goes to jail, gets his daughter kidnapped, steals more money, gives it, gets the daughter back, job done. Um, That's it. Is there anything... Because... The thing is, it, no. we've seen a lot of Cage films by now, and I, I don't know, like, the bar is getting higher. Like, yes. we've seen him do excellent films, so he can't yeah. pull this shit. I <laughs> expect stuff from him. Yes. Does he do any big Cage moments? Does he... No. Does he do the alphabet? No, no he just kind of... He runs a lot, mm. and is like, my daughter, and did anything? That's it. Did anything fun happen during pr- production? Um, as far as I know, it's like it was a very like open shut movie. Oh my god! Yeah, I it know was, that um, there's going to be so many of his films that are like that, but uh, it was really disappointing because it was wasn't bad. Mm. It's not a bad movie, by the way. It's like very well directed. Yeah, you know, all the characters make sense to a degree. The dialogue isn't terrible. It's all edited very sensibly. (laughs) Uh, It's just boring. It's just a very, it's boring to watch. Yeah, when one of the compliments you come up with is it's edited very sensibly, you know that this (laughs) this isn't like a uh, exhilarating ride, is it? Yeah, it's it's you know it's like an action fest Mm. somewhat, but the action is just so like car chase running yeah. car chase running it's like some shooting of the gun it's it's very like run of the mill type stuff oh man i'm sorry you had to watch that it's just <laughs> so, like i don't understand how they keep making like heist films like that because by now there's so mm. many heist films and there's brilliant ones there's breathtakingly yeah. like surely we've got enough run of the mill average heist films like this we don't need any more what we need yeah. is someone to do something either new and exciting and exhilarating with a heist movie, or just an absolutely stone-cold perfect version of your standard film. Like, have we mm. still got time for heist films that are just formulaic and yes, it's alright. Mm. Like, it'll pass the time. If you're poorly and you're flicking on the telly and this comes on, you would quite happily just zone in and out of it whilst you feel bad. Like, but that's not enough, surely. No. But then it's better it's, than a bad uh, film. It does. It, it falls short um, in like a lot of different ways. So I it's mean, just I don't know. It's like it's like a TV show level of everything. Yeah. Except without like it's like if Twenty Four had none of the interesting parts to it. <laughs> oh, bloody you loved, I loved Twenty Four. <laughs> I had so much fun with Twenty Four, just because it, it, it just, just because it was lovely going like, oh Kiefer, it's nice to see you working. And it's like, oh, it's good he's getting a paycheck these days. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh, there's your daughter. What him. what are her hobbies? Ah, peril. That's her main hobby. Yeah, the, it happens, you know. And I, it's 
it's definitely one of the films where at the start of this, I was worried that we would see like, I, I was worried I was going to see 60 versions of this film. Yeah. And so far we've <laughs> but, done all right. Like there's been films that yeah, we've yeah. enjoyed more than others. And there's been some films which we didn't really like, but there haven't been many boring yeah. films, have there? No, that there's been films where I enjoyed disliking. Yes, yeah. You like, know, and and then just just genuinely good shit, like genuinely mm, oh, solid God, yeah. fucking shit. Uh, but this one's just like I I will forget about this film. Yeah, I will forget about it. Which is fair enough. Not all films are there for life. Some are just for yeah. Christmas. Now, I watched a film that I won't forget <laughs> anytime <Ooh>. soon. <laughs> My takeaway from this film, before I go through the plot or any exciting, silly things about it, is I mm. thought it was okay. Okay? Okay. Uh, one of the main towels that it wasn't a spectacular film is it's a two-hour-long film, and it took me four hours to watch it, because I kept on having to pause <sighs> it and go away and just do something else for a little bit. Because <sighs> it did bore Yikes. me. But even though on paper, because I'm that kind of irritating, basic man right it's Mm -hmm. a david lynch film from 1990 i'm there i'm on board i love all that shit whoa that's nuts and check this these are some of the people obviously nicholas cage laura dern Mm. willem dafoe Mm. oh shit crispin glover oh shit isabella rosalini and fucking grace sabraski like it's this is a nutty cast. It's a top tier, like phenomenal, like classic, uh, classic David Lynch cast. And it's uh-huh. him in 1990 where he was experiencing a lot of success and didn't give too much oh. of a fuck and was supposed mm. to just produce this film, but re- read the script and went, I like the script. I'm going to rewrite it though and direct it myself. <laughs> Yeah, and he he added like he changed the ending. The ending was supposed to be really bleak and miserable, but he said, "I want a happy ending," so he just gave it a stupidly Lynchian happy ending. But right, the basic (laughs) plot is Cage plays a guy called Sailor, and his um, partner is Laura Dern plays Lula. Sailor and Luna they're in love, and the mother hates Sailor for unknown reasons for the first bit of the film, but she hates him to such a level that not only does she want her daughter to have nothing to do with him she tries to kill him the opening of the film is someone running up to sailor trying to stab him to death but sailor just pushes him to the floor grabs his head smashes his head open on the floor right then sailor gets sent to jail a few years later he comes out uh, is picked up by laura dern they're still in love yay Uh, and then they do some smooching do some sexing and she goes Mm -hmm. here's your snakeskin jacket (laughs) It's just kind of like, have I told you that this snakeskin jacket represents my love of personal freedom and my sense of individuality? (laughs) Which is a line he says several times throughout the film. Then they go, they smooch, they hang out and decide that he's going to break his parole and they're just going to drive across the country from North Carolina to California. So they head towards California. The mother, meanwhile, goes, I need him dead. Fuck this guy. I hate him being with my daughter. He's taken daughter away from him. I hate him, I hate him, I hate him. So she gets a PI friend of hers to locate him and try and get him arrested and gets a gangster friend of hers to locate him and murder him, right? Because it turns out at this stage we find out that Nicolas Cage's character 
witnessed some gangster business that the mother did before, like killing oh. killing Laura Dern's dad. Laura Dern always thought her dad like burnt to death in a fire accidentally, but it turned out that he was murdered and yada yada yada. So oh, we've shit. got a PI chasing uh Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern. We've got a gangster chasing Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern and finding out that a PI is chasing them and going like, well I'll have to kill him anyway because he's gonna know shit. We've got an overbearing mother just being really sort of aggressive and horrible and all gangstery going on. Meanwhile we've got King Harry Dean Stanton being the PI, just being all Harry Dean Stanton about it. This is this is all going going on and then they uh, Laura Dern and Nicolas Cage need some money so they visit his old friend who's a different gangster who's at, played by Willem Dafoe it goes mental it goes a bit rapey when uh, <clears throat> Willem Dafoe threatens Laura Dern in a really sleazy way and uh, you know uh, mm. threatens her with sexual assault which is a weird thing that films loved doing over and over in the 90s that thankfully it seems people seem to have got past that as a fad because that always sort of you know it's Stress. just entirely unnecessary in the film like you, the film could have done everything it did without any of that mm. but that mm. was there and then Nicolas Cage goes on a bank job with Willem Dafoe turns out Willem Dafoe's been hired by the gangster to kill Nicolas Cage fighty 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 Willem Dafoe ends up blowing his own head off and Nicolas Cage goes back to jail after a while, he comes out, finds out Laura Dern's actually pregnant and has got a child. It's his child. He's too stupid to be a dad. He runs away, meets a small gang of uh, thugs. They beat him up. He then has a dream about the good witch from uh, Wizard of Oz who tells him to grow the fuck up, get some empathy, and realise that he is good enough to be a father. So he runs over cars, meets Laura Dern, kills her, uh, kisses her, sorry, and says, I love you, I want to be with you. Look, it's my son, I love him. The end. Now, that is an awful lot of stuff that goes on in the film to such an extent mm -hmm. that it sounds like it should be a wild ride, exhilarating from start to finish. It's boring. They managed to make the film boring. I don't know how, because everyone... So, yep. Ask questions. Yeah, so is, <laughs> is, it just, is it just like the... Is it pacing? Is it... It must be the pacing, because all the performances are over the top in a way that you'd expect from a David Lynch film. So it's really fun, really mm. comic booky, uh, really extravagant and really silly and dreamlike. It does all that stuff. So the performances, you can't fault it. Nicolas Cage is doing everything we love to see Nicolas Cage doing. Like extravagant, lots of jumping, lots of jumping in the air and doing mm. backflips and stuff doing that all the fucking time you can't stop him doing a backflip in this film he's also singing every now and then serenading laura dern and laura dern who's i could see uh, david cage being like uh can i get more backflips yeah yeah just oh, hold on nick just one note backflips <laughs> Which would be amazing because I, I was reading about the production of it and I like that um, Nicolas Cage said like, uh, is it okay if I wear my snakeskin jacket? It's like, brilliant. That snakeskin jacket is yours, Nicolas Cage. You already own it. You already dress like this fucking man in everyday life. But mm. so it turns into this weird thing, which is... Uh, a gangster film and a love story it really really puts your mind of natural born killers that sort of love story oh i see okay uh it's it's 
dreamlike and it's con filled with references to wizard of oz from start to finish so much so that it seems like it's milking it a bit too much it hasn't got much violence in it but it's got the constant threat of sexual violence which is uncomfortable obviously and there's two very graphic scenes of violence one where willem defoe blows his head off and at the beginning where nicholas cage crushes the potential murderer's skull on the floor it's a lovely little mirroring bit of extreme violence the thing is it's got all of these ingredients and it should be a wonderful stupid silly romp of a film that's like like david lynch films generally are they're not trying mm. to be pretentious or clever they're just trying to be really silly there's supposed to be a sense of fun with them and it's got that but it's boring somehow they make the film boring and i watched loads of reviews of the film and i seem to be the only one who finds it boring i must be oh, wrong. really yeah oh I'm interesting clearly wrong i don't know what it's missing it must be the pacing because I was watching it, and I had to stop myself on several occasions. I was just, like, picking up my phone and going, I might just might just go on Pokemon Go a little bit. No, I'm paying attention. I'm making notes. I'm not... <laughs> maybe I'll just check Twitter, something funny. It's like, no, no, no. And usually, if I'm watching a film... Uh, for, if I'm watching a film for this, so I'm paying attention to make notes, sometimes I enjoy it, sometimes I don't, but I'm always engaged. I'm always there. Or if I'm mm. watching a film uh, for fun, then even if it's a rubbish film, I'm engaged in it, even if the engagement is going, this fucking thing. This is way too much. Oh, it's this guy, is it now? Oh, what an idiot. Who's writing this thing? How come they're allowed to get their film in? Even if it's that sort of petty, petulant yeah, fury. Of course. Yeah. But with this one, I just found myself more and more just going like, well, I just, I don't need the toilet, but I'll... I'll go to the bathroom just to stretch my legs and get away from the film and oh, make myself another cup of tea. Uh, oh, I'll have another. Oh, I, I could do with some snack. I couldn't sit still. So it could yeah. well be on that particular day I sat down, I was just like, my head was not in a place to concentrate on anything. It could be me, which is unfair to the film. I would definitely recommend anyone watch it, but mainly because I want to hear people tell me why I'm wrong. I'm certain I'm wrong. I'm certain it's not boring. It might not be good, but it's certainly not boring. And I was bored. So I want people to tell me exactly why I'm wrong. In terms of, was it a good Cage film? I mean, Cage smashes it. Cage acts well. Excellent. He, it's a David Lynch film, so he's allowed to be stupidly over the top. He's allowed to be stupidly silly. He gets, he's set free. Yeah, he is set, he's set free. He gets to do... David Cage seems like some or, I'm sorry, Lynch seems like somebody who's like, I'm not gonna like put caution tape on your abilities here. Mm. Like we're you're here to explore the room. Yeah, exactly. I, like I watched a clip of of David Lynch just uh, giving a note to an actor that someone had filmed on set, just of of a different film, and he's just just mm. like, hmm, I like what you're doing, but imagine, imagine a wolf. Okay, and it's like well, that's the <laughs> note. <laughs> How is that useful to anything? Because and and you know, Crispin Glover's in it. He's just got a delightful like five minute scene where he's just jumping up and down, being Crispin Glover. It's great. Oh yeah, he's so delightful. He's brilliant. Why isn't he? Yeah. Why are we living amazing. in a world that at this moment Corey Feldman is allowed to go around in a band doing a tour, which is yeah. bizarre and beautiful. And yet Crispin Glover doesn't seem to be doing much. 
I know there was all the I legal th- trouble. I think Crispin Glover is very selective. Really? Does he still do lots of stuff, but just um, not stuff you hear about? I think so, because, like, he he takes on, like, these really wild roles. Like, mm. I remember him being in... I remember sometimes him being in Charlie's Angels as, like, the lead evil guy. Oh, yeah, and he said pretty much nothing throughout the whole nothing film. Nothing the whole film? Yeah. That's he just acted, marvelous. And he was, like, always a presence. So, I, I just think, like, if he can't do it his way, he just doesn't do it. Oh, I, I like that. I wonder if anyone's got a podcast where they watch all the Crispin Glover films. <laughs> it must be a shorter podcast than this one. <laughs> no, no it's, it's longer, but they really do a deep dive. They really go into it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Each episode. Yeah, they got is, space. Yeah. Each episode is uh, like five hours long. They're really stretching it. And mm. if we do a show about Crispin Glover, I imagine he's a lot easier to actually get to interview. Oh yeah. So long as you promise not to do anything illegal, then he'll be he'll be your friend. I think. But yeah, I don't know. Like I recommend it. I don't know why. It. I. Mm. I what was the juice? Like, what's the juice of it? Like, if you had to take the movie and squeeze it, what's the concentrate? It's a violent love story. It's, okay. It's one of the most 1990s films I've seen. It just maybe was not edited down enough. <laughs> Two hours does seem like a long time for that many plot lines. Yeah, it's like... I think it needs. I think two hours is the wrong time. It either needs to go stupid epic, like uh, three parts, two and a half hour long each of the three parts, and really extend everything and go deep into everyone's relationship. Yeah, really explore all that stuff. Yeah, or they need to get it in like eighty-eight minutes, in and out. Mm. Two hours. It's it's going into too much detail and it's too slow. It, every every scene seems far too slow. But by the end of it, it's like they rushed that. There was there was no mm. space for mm. any of the plots, so they managed to rush it in a very slow way, which ends up being mm. unsatisfying. I think that was my problem with it. It was unsatisfying. unsatisfying. Huh. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think that's the core of it. Yeah. But I I would love it to be remade into like a trilogy that's about collectively twelve hours long or something stupid like that, <laughs> or just make a TV show a ten part like tv show of it that i think it would work really well as a tv mm. show like particularly nowadays in this new renaissance this new like golden age of television that we've been going through for the last 10 years like, yeah, i have like this tv slash movie renaissance right yeah now. yeah yeah man like i i would love that does nicholas cage do much tv i actually don't know because that that'd would, be interesting to find out yeah this, this has he ever been on a tv show period um i <laughs> don't know has nicholas cage ever been on a tv show like not as a bit part like as a he was on the history of swear words oh that's right yeah someone uh co-worker of mine was telling me about that oh really yeah she says we should watch it because it's not good i mean that that's not the way to my heart like <laughs> <laughs> you should watch it. You'll have a miserable time. All right, buddy. All right. Well, you got it. Is the history of swear words? Is that a, like a a 
fiction or is it just a documentary series? I hope it's a documentary I think it really series. is just a documentary series about each of the swear words on Netflix. And honestly, like, it looks good. Oh, then I think whoever the co-worker is who said it's rubbish, I think they are wrong and I will fight them. Um, dude, dude, it's only six episodes long. It's literally, like, just one of every cuss word. Uh, are there only six cuss words? Yeah. Okay. You know that? I, I mean, truly, like, every, there are six core cuss words, and then every other cuss word is just a combination or a rearrangement of those cuss words. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. I, I just ran through all the cuss words I know in my head just then. I mean, it was an exciting time to be alive. So, Wild at Heart, Flake, and Stolen. I, You know how I are. You already know. And if you've listened to this podcast, which if you have, you've probably listened to all of them. Yeah. And if you haven't, you should probably should. You know how I feel. Like, I'm always down for the cagier performance. Yeah. And to be honest, the performance from Nicolas Cage in Stolen was, wasn't, it, again, it's not bad, but it, there was nothing to really speak on. Was he phoning it in? Could you could you tell that his heart wasn't in it? Gosh, Even though- you know, I hate to say yeah, but it, it, it didn't feel like anything. Like, yeah, because you've seen him when he cares, and mm. you might not enjoy the film, but you always love his performance. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. So, and in Wild of Heart, I, I'm he definitely. Cages it. I, I'm not voting for Wild of Heart, but I'm not not. I'm not voting for Stolen. That's yeah. For sure. Like that. That's it. It's not that Wild of Heart wins. It's that Stolen definitely loses. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I like that a lot. Mm. So uh, this this episode, uh, I think it's fair to say, Stolen has lost. And technically, at the end of the day, we have stolen about, on average, 50 minutes from your day. And I would just like to say, uh, fuck you. You're not getting it back. <laughs> I, I owe you. Fuck it. I don't owe you shit. Uh, also, uh, you should definitely seek out uh, Lunchbox. He's the man who does the Cage Fight logo. Oh, my God. And the amazing. Cage Fight thumbnails. And these thumbnails, guys, I... This is trash. What we're doing is yeah, trash. Yeah, it's garbage. Yeah. Let's be honest. Okay. But the thumbnails are so fucking... They have no right to be this amazing. Please, for the love of God, if you do anything, follow this man. Yeah. Uh, his work is excellent, and I love seeing them pop up in our little message and, every time he completes one. And how he's stuck with it, because I, I, I don't know the man. I know he's a phenomenal artist, I, I would have thought he'll do it for the first two or three, and then, you know, mm-hmm. he's, he's a busy guy, he's got stuff to do, he can't just yeah. be doing... Oh, oh, he is... He's doing them all. He's asking me every week, hey, what's the next one? I got I want to do the next one. And either out of just <clears throat> masochism, mm-hmm. <laughs> pure enjoyment of Cage... Nice. And Cage faces, which, let's be real, yeah. that's... There's a lot of enjoyment to be had. There is. Uh, he does this for us, and we very much appreciate it. So we'd very much appreciate you giving him a little internet love. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I'll have you have a word with him, Thomas. And 
if he knows he's getting 100% of the money, if he wouldn't mind any of the, those images going on uh, T-shirts and bags and things like that, in which case we'll sell some of those. Ooh. Like, well, uh, yeah. he'll he'll get the cash, obviously, because we're not going to... Everything stuff. that's come out of this podcast, that would be the best. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, would probably be the highest quality thing to ever come out of this. <laughs> We'll put out a calendar, like uh, a calendar with one of his pictures for each Ooh, month. Oh, God, that sounds good. We can, we, that sounds really good. We can sort all this shit out. So long as he gives us sure. permission, then we can mm. run run wild with it. Uh, have you anything else going on, Thomas, that you want to tell the good people about? I'm sure I do, but... It's January when this goes out. It's January? When this Man. goes out, yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm not I'm gonna call my shot. I'm gonna point to the stands. Yeah. I'm doing great, and I'm doing so good. I'm doing something so interesting in the month of January that you're gonna want to walk and saunter on over to Twitter and give me a follow so you can stay updated. That sounds absolutely perfect. Absolutely perfect. And I imagine by January, as well as listen to the bible podcast which i think i worked it out and i should be finished with that about june 2024 (laughs) Mm, as as well as uh keep up to date with that people i think come january you should be able to listen to at least one episode of um the rpg podcast anywhere but Mm. here uh i think anywhere but here that is such a good name isn't it i am very excited for this podcast i'm currently uh, this november we're recording this i'm currently editing the first episode but uh well the first two episodes because we'll have to split Mm. it into two but i don't know yeah i mean you've played a lot of rpgs but i don't know whether you've ever recorded them and tried to edit them down before but i've essentially got four hours of material that i'm trying to edit that's pretty good edit to a tight hour and a half Ooh, wow. I don't envy your position, just but losing. I can't wait for the outcome. It should be, it should be good. It's, it's, sound, it's sounding uh, really fun, and um, my uh, dear friend and longtime collaborator, Ian Bokert, uh, has done a theme tune for us, which is really, really Ooh. cool. So we've got a nice. bespoke theme tune. I think Stephanie's currently working on the artwork for it. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be special and we're gonna um have Stephanie Hassel, all RPG designers, small, medium and large, to give us free shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait for that to come out and as soon as it does, where can we find that link? You th- we will I will um give all the specific links on spotify and itunes and all of that stuff but as with anything else go to gregoryakeman.org and everything will be linked there it won't be the only place things are linked but everything will be there same as um by now you can probably go to a little cotton cart shop to buy t-shirts of um all of uh lunchboxes work so there'll be a link in the show description and go gregoryakeman.org if you don't go anywhere else, which will link to our shop where you can buy tons of stuff that's just mine, tons of stuff that's just a lunchbox, tons of stuff that's cage fight, tons of all kinds of mental bullshit. We are going to sell the lot. Our tiny little empire is growing, people. It's growing. We don't need a podcast network. We fucking are a network. <laughs> right then. See you later, kids. <laughs> Stolen another podcast.
What do you say we cut the chit-chat a-hole? <laughs>